0: Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in City, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn.
1: We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended?
0: Hey everybody, this is the ReChurch podcast and I'm Thomas Winborn, the lead pastor here at 12th Street Baptist Church. And today, Tyler's not with us. He usually is kind of hosting with me, uh, but today he's not here, he's on vacation. And we have our two new ministry associates, Luke Parker and Olivia Rager, are with us today in here doing this podcast. It's a really special podcast, I'm excited about it. Uh, Before we get going, let me just say that recently they went from interns and serving in some volunteer ways to where now they are part-time paid ministry staff as ministry associates. So uh, glad to have you guys with us today. For sure.
1: Thanks for letting us on here. How are you?
0: Good, man. How's it going with you, Olivia? How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: You're doing really well. So tell me a little bit real quick, Luke, you first, and Olivia, tell us kind of what your roles are, what you do, what your responsibilities are at this point.
1: So right now, just most of what I do is technology. Uh, just running the live stream, making sure that service runs smoothly for everyone at home right now. But on top of that, I really help out a ton with our middle school boys, um, sixth to eighth grade. And then just in general, whatever else I can help out with around the church.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right, Olivia?
2: Um, So I do more of the social media side. Um, I've helped push out Facebook posts and YouTube videos and help a little bit with the podcast. Um, And then I do a lot of our girls ministry on our youth department. Um, I love our girls. They're the best. And then I just really (laughs) do whatever else I'm asked to do from Thomas or Tyler or any of our other ministry staff, Tracy, Charles, Miss Karen. She's the
0: boss. Yeah, and um, you, you handle a lot of administration <laughs> stuff too yeah. within the ministries, mm-hmm. especially with student ministries, stuff like yeah, that as well. Sure. Yeah, and nice shout out there. You had to the girls. That was good. Um, <laughs> Love you too, boys. You're not left out. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I feel like these two are always trying to one up each other, and so <laughs> I knew got, that was about the girls to happen. Are the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go through our normal repertoire here. So, uh, tell me, Luke, who's got your ear right now?
1: So right now I'm listening to a podcast for Engage JSU, that is the college ministry that I'm involved in over at Jacksonville State. Um, The local church there, First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, has a college pastor there, Jesse Stewart, and this podcast is where they just upload our Monday night sermons from Engage. Uh, It's a campus outreach event that that church does to help bring in a couple hundred college students every week, so... I'm just catching up on those sermons and listening to that right
0: now. Yeah, man, I really miss engaging in college ministry level. I did that where I was before, and it was such a blast. And it just kept me feeling like I was engaged in a youthful way and to keep my finger on the pulse of the, of the culture that's up and coming. So it's a great thing to listen to. It's a great one probably to check out the podcast. It's good. Olivia. who are you, who are you listening to?
2: So right now I'm listening to a podcast by Jeff Durbin and Jeremiah Roberts. It's called Cultish. Um, they break down, about once a week, they break down cults from a Christian's perspective. And it's just really insightful to, if you ever come into contact with someone that is in this cult or in a version of this, then just to help them minister to them and spread the gospel to them.
0: Yeah, and let me say with that, this is a great uh, podcast to listen to, and it's one that cultish you know it talks about cults we don't often think sometimes about some groups as being cults they call you out as a cult if you don't believe to some truth of the orthodox christian beliefs which is what a cult is but it may make you feel a little uncomfortable when they start naming names because they do that a lot that's what they do right Uh, but it's a great podcast to check out as well uh luke who are you worshiping with right now
1: so right now an album really that i'm listening to real big Uh, right now is the Roar album that Passion has recently dropped. It's the live album that they recorded at Passion 2020 uh, when they rung in the new year worshiping with thousands of people. Uh, Specifically from that, the song, There's Nothing That Our God Can't Do yeah that song's good. one of my favorites right now
0: yeah and if you're not familiar passion started as being a conference so it started as as a movement of young people and so you have college students from all around the world that come to this conference once a year in january and uh they've been putting out albums every year for a long time it's really really good that's how i got connected with a lot of people christian stanfield uh matt rebin has been there a lot chris tomlin all back in the day all those guys um, but yeah that's a that's a great album olivia what about you
2: Well, I'm a rarity. Um, I don't really listen to a lot of music. Um, If I'm driving, I'm listening to a podcast, but a band that I really enjoy is Iron City Worship. They're out of um, Birmingham, Alabama, actually, and their song, It Is Done, is just really, it's such a vivid explanation of what the Lord, like what Jesus did for us on the cross, and it's just so impactful because like, it is done. Yeah. And it's just really good. It's
0: great theological truths. It's really good. there. It's not just on the surface type stuff. It's really good music. Good. What are you reading? So Luke, tell us what you read right now.
1: So I have recently started reading Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. Uh, It's just part of the equipping development reading that we're doing here at the office behind the scenes, just whenever our free time may pop up every now and then.
0: Yeah. And to give you guys perspective, this is a book that is about Two to three inches tall, about nine inches wide, and about I mean, two to three inches deep. Nine inches wide and about eleven inches tall. So it's a giant encyclopedic it's work. It's pretty hefty. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. But, in fact, we used it in systematic theology classes to cover a whole year's worth of teaching. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's really good of just breaking it down into uh, different bases of the Christian faith, and then not only that, but once he divides it up into these uh, parts, he's backing it up with scripture along the way
0: yeah we actually mentioned wayne grudem in a previous podcast where we talked about it's a book everybody should read 20 things every christian should believe Mm -hmm. and um or know and believe and this is actually like the larger version of this all totally busted out so it's huge I i would say it's great if everybody wanted to have this it's a great work to reference anytime you have a question about anything from demons to sin to end times to to how things began to god proper i mean all that stuff is really great olivia what about you
2: Um, So right now we got it in our T4G care package since we weren't able to go to T4G this year as a staff because of the coronavirus. Um, We actually got this book called The One Assembly by Jonathan Lehman. Um, It's just super insightful to multi-site and multi-service churches. And just we are a multi-service church. And so I was just intrigued by the cover so I was like I'll
0: read this yeah and he's a part of the Nine Marks movement which mm-hmm. we talk about on here as well and uh, really good stuff that they put out and uh, that t for g is Together for the Gospel which is a, a, a conference that happens every two years with like-minded folks from different backgrounds some are Baptists some are Presbyterians some are Methodists and there's all, all kinds of groups but um, it's a really strong thing centered around Christ and so I, I like to take staff every other year to go do that and we were so looking forward to it yes. and then it got squashed so um Yeah, we got to see it online, but that's not the same. My favorite part, though, actually, is getting the books and listening to the music. So we got the books. The music was different, but uh, good stuff. All right, lastly, on this part, what about a book everybody needs to read? So Luke, tell us a book everybody needs to read.
1: I would recommend The Unsaved Christian by Dean and Sarah. Uh, Just in general, really insightful into sharing the gospel specifically in the culture that we're all living in right now where a lot of people think they're saved and they may not necessarily be.
0: It's a great book. It's, I think Tyler's mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. I think everybody should read that book, no doubt. Olivia, what about you?
2: Um, I really love The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Colmer. Um, it's a book that Tyler, Luke, and myself went through right after we came on as interns. Um, it's just a, it's a little bit of a thicker book, but it's a really easy, broken-down read. Um, I'm not a big reader, but I was able to like really take it in and get a good, lot of good information about it. Um, it's just a good read on how to eliminate the hurry in your life.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I mean, John Mark Comer, a little bit different background than we're from, a little different theological bent than we have, but man, really good on the practices of walking the way that Jesus walked, living the way Jesus lived. And that's a great book that makes you just rethink everything you're doing. So that's an excellent pick there. All right. So today what we're going to talk about, I asked these guys to come on, A, Um, you guys need to know they have been knocking it out of the park. We would not have been able to do what we're doing right now with our live stream and all the ministry stuff we're doing during this COVID-19 pandemic time if they weren't on task with us. And they were doing that for nothing except just for being a part of the team and to serve the Lord, to serve this church that they love very much. And now we've brought them on staff officially with his paid staff part-time. And I make the joke even now that really there's there's no such thing as part-time work in ministry, just part-time pay. Uh, And these guys are no exception. (laughs) to that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I brought them on because I wanted to let them share with you some things that I thought would be really helpful. Our people don't recognize, nobody knows generally, most people don't really understand what it means to work in ministry. And you guys have done something that not a lot of people get to do. You've gone from being a volunteer to being an employee in the church in which you grew up and actually became Christians. I mean, like that's, that's huge. So I just wanted to get them to come on here and talk about this. And so let's just talk, we've already talked about some of this before. Let's talk about the parts where you talked about how ministry is messy, kind of the behind the scenes aspect of that. So uh, I want you to hit us off, Luke. Give us something to talk about.
1: So first off, just why we do what we do. We don't expect any reward or to receive anything on the other side of this. Just we work because we love to. We love to serve the Lord and we love to serve people, and that's something that has really become a mantra of mine. Just since I started uh, transitioning from intern to a paid employee, I don't do it for the money. If we yeah. did, I would find something. Else that paid better. In fact, I tell
0: people if you're doing this and there's anything else you'd rather do, it's probably wise to you to go do the other thing. Right. (laughs) Because if there's anything else you'd rather do than this, you do not want to be in ministry. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard on you. You carry a lot of weight. It's difficult and it's really messy at Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Olivia?
2: Um, not necessarily like the messy part, but being able to serve um the people who have developed us as believers. I mean, obviously, Like we have our parents and things like that, but just the Sunday school teachers and just the overall members of our faith family that have really helped to develop us and shape us into who we are today as Christians. is like huge for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, that's, that's a great insight. Most of the time in ministry these days, people are always looking externally to hire somebody to bring them in. I think New Testament, what we see is high, is bringing up from within, discipling, building up, and then maybe even sending out at some point, but building up from within. I mean, what a beautiful New Testament picture we have and what we're seeing right here with you guys. It's great. Um, sometimes people get a little jaded when they enter in ministry because they run into the the part of ministry that we don't—we pretend shouldn't be there—politics. I'll say this in the front end that anytime you have a group of people, if you have three or more people, there's always politics involved. I don't mean—I don't mean like conservative versus liberal as far as that goes, but there's always politics because it's there's social things happening. And so, talk a little bit about how that's hits you, Olivia. Why don't you speak into that?
2: Yeah, I think it's just. Um as we're all centers, and so we all fall short, and just having to work together and really bring a lot of different personalities to the table, just piecing all that together and working well together in order to produce what we want to push out and be able to do that. And it's just difficult sometimes to mesh all of our personalities together to get the result that we want.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's a really nice way to put it. Thank the you. way you put it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a part where you don't want politics to be there, mm-hmm. but there, it's even more so there when people sometimes get a little bit off center about mm-hmm. what the mission is and what the goal is, yeah, sure. right? And so mm-hmm. when we're all focused around Jesus as the hero, when we're all focused around doing ministry like Luke was talking about with no expectation of what we receive, it's about giving because Christ, mm-hmm. Christ gave so much for us. When we look at it from that way, and we honestly are really coming from that way in the heart, the politics is greatly reduced, but it's still there. Yes, I mean, yeah. it's still there. So um, you actually mentioned a little bit about, uh, a surprise to you about the importance of something related to that. Do you want to share that?
2: Yeah. Um, the So coming in, I didn't realize how important titles are. And not necessarily like the rank within like all of our church, but just like the broad Baptist community um, titles are very important when you're the head pastor versus an intern. Not that Thomas treats us any different. He's <laughs> phenomenal with like everyone is on the same playing field. Um, but just in like the Baptist community altogether, titles are very important.
0: Yeah, I mean, be, people will go, "Oh, you're an intern." Yes. Oh, you're an intern. Oh you yeah. Know, just like an that. intern. And then, oh yeah, you're an intern. But now, oh, ministry associate. What is that exactly? Oh, what do you do? Well, you what know? Tell you. And really, <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah. You guys were already working yourself into this job before yeah. you got the title. But all we did was give you a new title because you're paid, and now that's a different thing. It's catching everyone's In eye the com- yeah, back. in the community like, at least, like what, inside what you- inside here, nothing's really changed. Right but externally in the community of leaders in the Baptist churches. Yeah, and just church in general, it's kind of funny. Uh, that's good insight. Um, what else about behind the scenes? Luke? give us some more there.
1: So for me, a lot of it had to do with the business aspect. That's sort of what I'm going into just as a fallout plan, should I not find a full-time position in ministry sometime down the road. But it was really eye-opening to me just to see all of the moving pieces within a ministry Uh, specifically the money part of it. Like there's a lot of things you have to consider that you have to give attention to that people just don't realize is required to make a ministry happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you could say, I guess if you could kind of rank that, like on a scale of one to 10, where like 10 is like, it totally blew my mind. And one was like, I already knew that existed. Not a big deal. How would you say, how big of a shift was that in your brain? It was probably
1: around a seven or an eight on how shocking that's big.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. Wow. That's good, which is why it fits in real well with what you're doing, right? What are you going to school to get? That's
1: exactly why I went into it was because that's something that's so big once you get into it. And I had no idea of what to do beforehand. So I was like, might be good to get a little bit of, insight on how everything yeah so you're
0: works. at jsu getting a, a bachelor's of science in management yes yeah i, I did the same school but in finance, just how i winged in there yeah, but finance uh, is not for me i'll stick with yeah. management. <laughs> <laughs> right okay and so uh what, what about for you olivia what's some more behind the scenes stuff
2: um i think it's just the prep work as a student um i just saw fun events and things like that it's just like oh well i'm gonna go and i was on the leadership team a little bit in the student ministry, so like I kinda saw like the behind the scenes and the prep work that went into it. Um, but just like going to camp and having all these fun events that we're able to do and even services, um, all the behind the scenes that has to go into being able to produce the paperwork, the the moving pieces, like the budget and getting everything together and things like that. Um, it's just something that I never really thought about. I guess it's just being like a naive teenager, oh well they just put it all together and at the snap of their fingers, know there's a lot of prep work that goes in behind it.
1: Yeah. And something else that seems like it would be really simple, but actually takes quite a good amount of time to do, is just the setup and teardown of like a stage for service mm-hmm. or getting the TVs and the computers running and making sure that nothing's crashing five minutes before service starts. <laughs>
0: That is the scariest thing. That like, that happened a couple of weeks. Literally, ago, we come into actually. a live stream and ready to go, and all of a sudden something's not working. Right, and we have three minutes, and the clock is. Li- we're literally watching on a screen the clock count down like a bomb's about to go that off. That does not
1: help the pressure. <laughs> no
0: man, that stress goes out the roof. I was literally getting ready to preach, and I just had to walk away man, and yeah. say they can do this. Like yeah. I had to just walk, <laughs> and you did. You guys did it. You know, we, we made it work. We you made an audible called in some things, but like it worked, and it, it just it's uh, it can be really stressful without people. People never see that. Yeah, you know, it's really funny. Which we that's that before the
1: goal is for no one to ever know that something went. Yeah, wrong.
0: because our goal is to make sure we engage. Like if you particularly, if you're the live stream and you're doing audio tech and video tech, your job is to engage the eyes and ears of people so that they are not distracted and right. can clearly hear and comprehend and interact with the gospel while they're here. Mm. And so if we do our jobs well, then nobody ever knows we're doing it well. You know and what I'm We could
1: be screaming losing our minds behind a computer you would never know
0: yes yes Yeah. yeah and you guys do it so well man so well um yeah I think I shot out a, a, a an Instagram or a Facebook post just showing just that it took as many people behind the booth as it did on the stage to do a worship service on live stream and and how much it was so integral and everybody on the stage is playing an instrument and singing, and everybody behind the booth is on an instrument of some kind there a computer soundboard live stream the the terra deck that we have or you're on the switcher or on the there's just so many pieces so yeah really cool um so what about a little bit more on the office side of things?
1: So I had somewhat of an idea of what to expect walking into an office setting just from seeing my mom serve in the preschool for so many years. Here yeah, because here well. she was the director
0: of the preschool when I started here. I mean, I grew up with your mom, went right. to school with your mom, and then she was doing an excellent job at the preschool here. And really, I mean, our preschool is being seen as one of the best in the area. Right. I mean, I don't say that with pride. I say that just from what I've heard from people. Mm-hmm. And then seeing your mom work that. So she was very integral here and knows ministry a lot differently than some people right. because of that
1: and i got to see a little bit of that just from being her son i would help out here and there whenever she needed an yeah. extra pair of hands to get something done but on other than that i still had a pretty limited view of everything that went on just from like office hours and how exactly does that work is it a strict thing is it fluid like what's going on
0: here yeah so what is your interpretation now of office hours it's very or fluid
1: More lax than what I expected it to be. Explain that because some
0: people hear that word and just think that we don't work.
1: Right. So everything gets done and that is top priority. As long as you get your job done in a reasonable amount of time, then you're free to do it. However, you whatever best works for you. You don't have to be here every waking minute of the day. Yeah. But as long as you're getting the job done in not three weeks time period, but like within a couple of days, then no one's on your back. Yeah. sure you're. Working, Yeah. So
0: there's a lot more freedom in it, right. but that means the accountability is even higher for getting it done. Yes. Right. I mean, cause it's on you for right. that. And I, I think it's, it's a good place to say this too, that I mentioned earlier that there's no such thing as part-time ministry, just part-time pay. And so the, the idea is that you guys, we, we set you guys up to work like 20 hours a week for what we're affordably paying you guys. How many weeks so far have you put in 20 hours only
1: not a lot. Most exceed that.
0: Yeah, that's a nice way of saying you do yeah. a lot more hours of work. Yeah. And I know you're being careful because you've got other things you got to do, right. and obviously yeah. when school's on and all that stuff, like we're going to push for that that right. you don't exceed those kind of hours. But the problem though that we see, and I'm jumping around a little bit here, but the problem with what we see is that it's hard to shut it off, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. very I mean, hard.
0: So, how, what is that like for you, Olivia, to so talk about that a little bit? Um,
2: shutting work off is very hard. I am a workaholic. Of sorts. My favorite um, kind of
0: employee, by the way.
2: <laughs> I love it. Um, but juggling work and school, we're both full-time college students. Um, we're still court reporting school, never stops. Um, I love it. Um, that's what I want to do, but it never stops. And so I still have homework and balancing all of these things and being with my family. Like I'm a big family person. And so juggling all of that is very difficult.
0: Yeah. I didn't realize how difficult that was. I didn't realize how much I wasn't shutting it down until I Mm -hmm. got married because I married a woman who was also full-time in ministry. We were both working 60 to 70 hours a week. She was a children's minister. I was a college and youth pastor at a large church down in South Alabama. And we got married and I realized when I came home and we were now at a church where I was lead pastor and she wasn't serving in ministry vocationally, um, I was coming home and still working like I was before. We were both working right. so hard like that. I had to learn how to shut off. It took me a good year to two years to learn how to just shut things down. Mm-hmm. And that's why even now I'll turn off my phone. I won't check email. I will set aside time so I can be present with my family. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a hard lesson to learn. And I it think is. most people don't realize that the weightiness of that. Um, let's talk about that a little more about the weightiness too. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned some things about recognizing some weightiness with serving in ministry. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, I think, I guess coming into it, I didn't realize how heavy it was. Um, but just having to talk with students or with a child um, about things that they're struggling with, maybe you're struggling with the same thing, and just the confidentiality part. Um, not that you would go and post it on social media by any means, but just not being able to talk to anyone about it because like, they confided in you as their girls' ministry leader or as their lead pastor or something like that. Um, it's just really hard knowing that you can't tell anybody.
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, except
2: for the Lord, of course.
0: Yeah, and we're not just just talking about like somebody comes and says they are struggling with a little bit of uh, this could be serious, a little bit of like concern, doubt of their faith. That's right. that's a part of it too. But we're talking about things, and I know some of the things you've had to hear and deal mm-hmm. with here. You're talking about things that are like major life issues mm-hmm. where like uh, authorities have to be in, included in conversations right. where um, there's investigations that go on, and um, you know nothing has happened at our premise, but people that have been impacted because people do things to people. And we are the ones sometimes that are helping them to process that and point them to the Lord and care for them and love them. And so you don't just like check that at the door at four thirty or five o'clock PM and go home. I mean, you wear that when you go home. And so that that's really hard to do. Um, what, what about, Speaking of that, like, what about your thought on the time commitment and the weight of the work? I mean, it's different. So, Luke, how did that impact you with what you anticipated it was going to be like to serve as even just as an intern? I say just right? right, just as an intern. Um, but even now, you know, how's that different than what you expected?
1: So, like you said, there's no part-time ministry. So, no matter what it is that's going on, you are going to carry that home to some degree with you. But that's a nonstop job. You have to always be ready to answer the phone should someone need you for a serious spiritual help. And you've just always got to be on standby should someone need you. That happens. You you never know when it's going to happen, really. But you always have to be ready to answer the phone or answer the call whenever that may come across your phone or however it may be. You have to just always be ready to set aside your time for that person and just give yourself to them in whatever way that may look. Yeah. And
0: I've seen you guys do that. You do that because you love people and want to serve them. And so while we're saying it that way, and I'm the same way, right? I want to serve people. Sometimes I want to shut it off and go to sleep, not worry about it. It doesn't shut off that easy. Uh, But you also, this is a good piece too. That's why I tell people all the time, if you're going to ministry, look for a spouse who understands that, because if they don't understand that, then life's going to be really hard at home. And even then, when they do understand it, it's still going to be hard because you, you go home, it's your Friday, Saturday, whatever your two days off or one day off is. And then somebody calls because somebody's in the hospital. Well, well, you got to go, you know, and that's you want to go, you want to serve, but that can be really hard. Like I, I did two back-to-back weddings. That's my Friday night, my Saturday taking up. That's basically my weekend two weeks in a row over the last few weeks. And uh, my kids hardly saw me all week long before that, even though we were quote, quarantining mm-hmm. and uh, they, they didn't get to see me over the weekend much. And that's just part of the job. You yeah. know, like everybody has those kind of jobs, um, you know, in life, where you gotta work a little extra, but it's hard. Um, all right. So what about, one more thing I want to ask you guys. So doing this for this long, and we didn't script this out. I mean, they don't know it's coming, right? Doing this for this long, are you glad you took the job?
1: I am very. um, First off, just knowing that this is something that I do want to do long-term in the future for the rest of my life, really. Just having that opportunity to is something that I'm grateful for and something that I'll never really be able to convey how huge it is. Uh, just to me personally to be able to do that to get that experience to serve people in that way it's just played a huge part in me developing in my walk with Christ
0: yeah that's good what about you Olivia
2: yeah for sure um, I guess that I didn't really know like what to expect going into it but I really appreciate like the opportunity to be able to do what I do um, I love my girls and I love being able to serve the people like I said earlier like the people that have poured into me as a Christian and being able to serve them in that way.
0: Yeah, and both these guys, man, they, I'm just say this to be closed down, they have a servant heart. And so watching them serve, seeing how they are selfless, I mean, it, I have to be careful because I could dump more things on them and they would just do it without question. And so I, I'm constantly thinking in my head, like, well, do I, do I need to ask them to do this? Do I need to put this on them? How do I diversify the, the responsibility here? Um, and that's just a part of I'm trying to be a good leader with you guys as well. But it, these guys make it easy to lead. They make it easy to do what we do. In fact, without them, we would not be able to do what we've done for the last few months. And so I'm just really thankful for them. They're, they're so embarrassing right now They're yeah. are saying that. <laughs> Um, but it's just true. It's true. And everybody knows that. So if you have a chance to encourage these guys, um, let them know that you appreciate them. Um, it can be uh, overwhelming at times, but man, when it's your calling, when you love it, it doesn't feel that way most of the time, right? It's a joy. It's a blessing. And you guys have been a joy to work with. I'm really excited to work with you guys. I couldn't have asked for better folks to bring on at this level. So I'm excited about it. And, and really, I'm so excited because this is a part of the process that I've been praying for that we would see people rise up from within our church, that we would develop them, that we would see them mature and become leaders in a volunteer capacity, then become more official leaders on staff, even as interns unpaid and then become part-timers. And the long range goal I have is to see people that come up in our ministry to become full-time people all come from within whenever possible. Mm-hmm. And so that's the goal. And so you guys are a part of that process now. And I'm really thankful for you guys. So uh, this again, thank you for listening to the ReChurch podcast. This is a special edition we have with our ministry associates. And uh, Luke and Olivia, thank you so much for being on. And thank you just for being a part of this ministry and for what you do. Thanks for having us. Thanks. For yeah. having us. All right. see you guys next week. Until then, uh, let us continue to strive hard to become the church that Jesus intended as we get back to the ways in which he walked. And as we try to share with one another and walk with one another to be the church that Jesus intended us to be in the now.